0: You've joined the Digital Transformation Success Podcast. I'm your host, Priscilla McKinney. I consult with leaders around the globe and bring their teams through a digital transformation journey. Realizing digital transformation across an entire organization is key to business success. While the phrase digital transformation is often used, it's not always understood. So we start each episode with my brief working definition. Digital transformation refers to the purposeful integration of digital technology into all areas of a business. It goes beyond technological innovations in that it requires a fundamental mindset shift of how to operate internally and deliver maximum value to customers at scale. When done well, it results in a culture change to an environment where opportunities for digital technology are not missed, but are thoughtfully used to change established practices and processes for greater efficiency, flexibility, and profitability. You'll hear from consultants, trainers, executives, innovators, and thought leaders. We will avoid buzzwords, jargon, and leave behind our egos to help you take that next step toward digital transformation success. Let's dive in. So today I've got someone from a company, I'm not sure if you've heard of it, but their name is Meta, and I think maybe you probably have heard of them. So uh, Chip Sinkbell, thank you for joining me on today's Digital Transformation Success.
1: Pleasure to be here.
0: Well, this is going to be fun. We're going to just have this super conversational, but thank you so much for saying yes to our speaking engagement. I work very hard to uh, create an amazing stage for Insights Marketing Day, where people can take a breather from uh, market research and say, yeah, but how was I supposed to market this company? How was I supposed to build revenue? And uh, hearing from someone from Meta specifically about, you know, digital transformation and what we need to be doing at businesses is going to be really key. So thanks also for agreeing then for coming on this early and giving people a little bit of a sneak peek. Yeah, for sure. Awesome. Well, if you have not met Chip before, it's Chip Sinkbell, and you can actually find him on LinkedIn, C H I P. And I'm going to spell this last name for you, (laughs) S E N K B E I L. But if you want to go catch him out there on Facebook or on LinkedIn, I think everybody's kind of getting used to the Facebook switch to Meta. So I think we're kind of getting there. (laughs) Um, We'll see how it goes. But Chip has been supporting different business growth at Meta. He pushed a lot of strategy and innovative ad tech uh, initiatives in order to meet the needs, obviously, of how rapidly changing this little ecosystem is. So his business background is in engineering, and he is really focused on helping people adopt and scale using Meta's suite of tools. And this whole concept of how we go about accelerating growth that is tied to the client's core business needs is really where his department focuses. His background is on advocating for emerging technologies, and he is serving as an Apache PMC member and being an early driver of conversational computing. So this is going to be pretty exciting. We're going to talk about a lot and unpack a little bit about what Meta has to offer uh, uh, to us. But let's start with that chip. Give me just a little bit of a sneak peek about what you guys are going to talk about from the stage there in
1: Austin. Yeah, yeah, I love it. Love it. And thanks for the intro by the way. Um, yeah, so for uh, for what kind of got coming up, uh, it's definitely obviously focusing on the digital transformation. It's interesting when I hear that and I hear people talk about it, there's this misconception that it's all about the technology and it's all about like what new technology can we use to just grow and, and reach and and so on and so forth. And, and you know, it's it's less about the t- technology and more about the people and being more customer centric on what you're trying to drive. And so I say that because it's a big focus for, for us at Meta, but it's also uh, what we believe at Meta is one of the three areas that you can use to future proof your business, really focusing on understanding who your customers are and what their journeys are and how they're evolving as opposed to just sticking with your traditional methods, using the technology as a means to an end. The technology itself is not the end. So we're going to be going through customer-centric-based engagements. We'll definitely touch on privacy-first mindset. That's a big, a big shift, I believe. And what people want is you know, people are willing to share their information, but they want to have control over what they share and how it's used. And so that's a big part of businesses today is how they, how they adapt to that mindset. And then, of course, we'll touch on what I think are some of the really exciting next gen innovations we've got going on in the future as well.
0: Well, so that's good. That's a good transition, too. It's not technology first, it's people first. But now that we get that established, what are some of those tools? So I guess, you know, tell me a little bit about what you think the most important thing for marketers to understand about um, meta tools that are available.
1: Mm. Yeah, Honestly, when we have folks come to Meta and they're saying, hey, you've, you've got the suite of tools, what do we do? The first thing we say is follow the best practices we've outlined. We've got a lot of experience in this space um, for being a fairly young company. And we have a good idea as to what strategies work and how you can use our tools to achieve those strategies. And so oftentimes we'll have outlined how can you be more customer-centric? How like What tools are offered to help in a more privacy-first mindset? Um, for example... We have tooling around what we call conversions APIs that uh, lets you better drive first-party data instead of third-party data. And so it better addresses letting people opt in or out of that, but also better helps businesses to better understand and get deeper insights in in terms of engagement without violating those privacy. So we've got all these tools in line, but tools are just, you know, they're just tools. It's how you use them that matters and following the best practices we've laid out is really going to help you succeed on our platform.
0: So how do people find those best practices? People listening in my audience might be like, yeah, that sounds great. But, you know, I log into the platform. Where, where do I go for this really for the business side of mm. Meta?
1: Yeah. So we definitely have a, a businesses uh, at Meta section. like businesses I think it's actually businesses.facebook.com. So we're still changing some of the names and figuring out where things live. But a lot of times those will outline hey, if you're a small, medium business and you're in the retail space, here's some boutique options. Maybe you're just starting to franchise out. Here's some tooling you can use and how best to use them to help your business grow. Or maybe you are in the gaming industry and you're trying to figure out how to better understand the engagements and interaction in that space. And what, what can you leverage there? And how can you uh, reach new audiences that may not have been there before? So a lot of that is packaged in as more of the high-level concepts. And then we have... For the developer teams that get in place, we have the more detailed documentation and some of those include strategies, but really it's that business section, Um, along with, we have even uh, uh, things called blueprints that we have that are more guides tailored to educate businesses on how to engage and how to use some of our offerings and services.
0: Oh, okay. So that like best practices is one of those uh, phrases that gets bandied about, but literally you can plug into meta and say best practices, and you're going to get a full documentation back. So having heard that, let's say they start, they download some of these best practices, you know, in your experience, what are some of those key themes that you just keep seeing emerge? Like when people say, okay, I'm going to start on digital transformation. We're going to get our business to that next level. (laughs) Kind of what happens next? What does that conversation sound like?
1: Yeah, you know, it's interesting. A lot of times clients go in and they have this very specific idea of what they want to do. It's, it's very, it's, it's overly specific and they've not really gone back to those key themes uh, that I kind of hinted at, you know, who are your customers? What are their journeys look like? How are they evolving? you know, it goes into, okay, if you can start to see, okay, what is your audience doing? What are they trying to do? Are they they trying to buy things on your platform? Are they trying to better connect with each other through your, through your offering? Like what, what, how are they using your business Um, and how can you better communicate what you can offer and why they would want it? Right. So really understanding the customer aspect is going to help, help the businesses understand, okay, we know what our customers are trying to do or, or how, or how we're trying to help our customers, Let's see what tools on Meta can help us achieve that. Uh, and then likewise, you know, we mentioned the privacy mindset. That's another big piece. If you're not thinking about it today, you're already falling behind. But for those of you that are thinking about that privacy first mindset, how can we still connect with, with our customers? How can we still communicate our value and really have that mutually shared value between what we offer and what our customers uh, want? So people that are doing that, you're know, that's you still getting tons of innovation. You're still getting you know, better relationships and whatnot. And by forming that, people are going to start working with those businesses more. So those kind of two themes we're seeing between customer centricity and privacy first. That balance, the clients that come in with, with those mindsets are the ones that are really able to use our tools to the fullest, really get the most value out of them. Folks that are keeping their traditional mindsets and just trying to hone in on Let me send this data so I can use this data or just help me figure out how to get the data I had before. I just need it like it was before. Those clients are starting to fall off because they're not embracing those changes and really lining up with what's important.
0: You know, I'm going to back up and unpack just something you said about the first party data versus third party. And I think there was a long time there. You know, if I can even take one step back further and say, once upon a time, you know, we had to go as companies, we had to go to Madison Avenue and ask if we could reach out to the public. (laughs) Right. (laughs) And then, as Guy Kawasaki said, you know, social media is God's gift to the entrepreneur. Right. And then we got all these different platforms and obviously Facebook being one of them. And now, Meta is looking at taking this a different direction um, and and really expanding on that. And so we have all these platforms now, brands, even small brands, even two-person companies now can actually reach the consumer themselves, right? Leveraging these massive audiences that, you know, none of us have the ability to keep keep track of on any server of any size that we have, right? So we're coming and saying, okay, well, you already created this audience. I'm going to come in here and I'm going to leverage it. So, you know, once upon a time, yeah, now we could go to direct to consumer now with all the privacy and, you know, we look even on the web with cookies changing. I love your point is that if you are not already thinking about privacy, you're way behind. (laughs) I think this is Mm -hmm. that ship has sailed and it's going to sail even further out into the deep blue sea. But having said that, like, what do you see maybe some nuance of that? I remember one of the things I loved the most about um, Facebook uh, advertising, one of the tools that you had was the ability to bring first party data in. Mm -hmm. So I might be able to say, you know, I want to spend money on on Facebook. I'm going to say Facebook because this is when I was doing it. And um, (laughs) I want to spend money on Facebook and we're going to do this ad, but I already know who I want to reach. It's just, I want to reach them in that native Facebook environment because that's where I know they they want to see this. And so I would upload those email addresses and ask Facebook only to serve the to the people I already had first party data. Mm -hmm. And, you know, as long as obviously there's not a hundred percent match, but as long as the email address was the actual account that, you know, the Facebook account was set on, it was able to do that. And so I just want to give that as clarification, because I know a lot of businesses, when I mentioned that they're like, Oh, we didn't know we could do that. We didn't know we could use our first party data, Mm -hmm. you know? And so with the third party kinds of things and cookies and, you know, demographics, all these other things starting to fade off and a lot of opt out. Where do you see more, like what, tell me about more tools that Meta has uh, for integrating first party data.
1: Yeah, no, it's, it. I love the call outs. It's, it's, it's fantastic. Uh, Yeah. I mean, you nailed it in terms of the first party data. A lot of the data is still the same. It's just whether this is being collected by some other, obviously third party and they're forwarding along to the businesses who then send it to Meta to use, or whether it's those businesses themselves actually using it. Right. And so uh, older things like we had something called the Facebook pixel, we still have something called the Facebook pixel, but it's, you know, it's, it's, it's having lower and lower market share because of things like third party cookies going away and all those technical details. So we've got new solutions in place, uh, one of which is called the conversions API, which essentially is sending the same kind of information that you'd use with the pixel, but it's information that you control. It's not forwarded through, through Meta on a browser sending things. It's data that businesses themselves have and then is sent over to Meta through like a, a server integration. Um, and you think, oh, man, okay, you're just doing the same thing. Is that really much of a value if it's, if it's just the same thing? And, and actually, it is uh, for a variety of reasons. It, it, uh, for conversions API specifically, and you're going to see more tools like it coming out that support first-party data, they're giving more control to businesses as opposed to you being on the whim of whomever's tool you're using, what data they're collecting and how they're how they're maybe leveraging it. It's giving the businesses, you the businesses control as to what you share and when you share it. This in turn enables the customers to better opt into what they want personalized. So if a customer tells the business, I don't want these things shared, the business has control of not sharing that. But by being able to have control over what data is shared, the businesses also have a better idea or better control over Hey, we, maybe there's some insights we weren't able to use before. We can actually get deeper insights as long as the customers are comfortable sharing that. And, you're, and, and I mentioned this before, you know, consumers, it's not that people are averse to sharing data in, in this climate. It's that they want to share their data on their own terms, not feeling like someone's just taking their data and using whatever they want. They want to say what data they want shared, um, understand how it's being used, and get some value out of it. Um, and so convergence API is one of those tools that can be used to do that for first-party data specifically.
0: Well, I'm going to put you on the spot a little bit because that kind of says, look, this is one of the tools we've already created, but innovation, let's talk about mm-hmm, that. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about that for a minute. So if, let, let, so this is what you have right now, and these are some of the tools, and obviously they said there's some that are like this, so they follow in the same vein, but what are the opportunities? Let's give my audience kind of some hot tips. If they are looking yeah. to get more digitally transformed and they want to look at the meta tools what could they do to get a competitive advantage? Where's the innovation going to be happening, do you think?
1: Yeah, it's, it's a good question. It's a good call about the innovation piece. Um, we're, we're building value on top of conversions API, but I actually want to talk a little bit about something called privacy enhancing technologies, because it's not just about how much data can you get, but it's really about the spectrum. You know, the, the wild, wild west a long time ago was, hey, 100% utility. You can full and open access to any data that's out there that you can leverage. And then you have this pendulum swinging to more of the 100% privacy, which is the digital wilderness where there's no internet and there's nothing communicated. And so what Meta is trying to do and what we're working towards as part of an, an industry effort, it's not just Meta ourselves, but we're, we're very much involved in this space, is developing new technologies that strike that balance between the two. So maybe you don't need as much data as before, you can still get the insights you need and drive, drive things forward. So for example, um, we're working on something called security multi-party computation, It's a mouthful. We got multiple things coming out, but this is just an idea of what some of these things might look like in the future. This solution allows businesses to analyze encrypted data and understand key metrics. For example, maybe the average order size for your business, like how much is being spent on average, without revealing any personally identifiable information. So, by that I mean is we're we're looking at what can we build out to still enable businesses to understand the impact they're having. Like, are they growing? Are they are they Striking the iron in the right way, or are they are they really connecting with their customers without compromising the data of their customers? Right? Because businesses aren't malicious. They're not saying, what can I do to really invade privacy? It's more just, no, they're trying, you know, businesses are living, breathing things. They're trying to thrive, they're trying to grow and really connect. And so you're going to start seeing more of these privacy-enhancing technologies where we're trying to strike that technical balance between respecting privacy and really providing those insights without violating privacy.
0: Well, I love to hear that from a large company like Meta. I have to say, I'm just, this is my podcast, so I get to do what I want. And I'm going to give a shout out to an amazing trusted colleague and good friend, Carlos Martinez over at Fieldwork, because years and years ago, he um, was talking nonstop about PII. So personally identifiable information and making sure that we are doing the utmost we can in every, in every aspect to never reveal, you know, um, personal information when we don't need it. Um, you know, even if we've asked permission for it and people said, sure, you can share this. If we don't need it for the particular thing that we're doing, then we still don't need to share it. And I think there's absolutely there's a nuance in there that I think is very respected, and that's what we want to see, you know, across the board. So it's going to be interesting to see some of the other (laughs) innovations that um, come out. And it is a, you know, it is going to be a whole new world. So people need to, you know, they need to catch up. And that's what this podcast is about. It's about really seeing, you know, digital transformation needs to happen in so many different aspects of business. And so don't get left behind but let me ask you a little bit more personal question you know um you've been at at meta quite a while what are what are you actually interested in what's going to happen in the future like where do you what are you kind of dying to to see come to fruition
1: yeah no I, i i'm excited to talk about this one um and actually it's related to the name change as well so you know the whole shift from facebook to meta and it's all about the metaverse you know the it's one of those where I think a lot of people don't even understand what the metaverse is or what what it's trying to be.
0: Why don't you give us a primer directly from Meta? <laughs>
1: <laughs> for sure, for sure. And so, so, I think of it this way. Um, you know, we grew up and and started had this had this period where before everything was offline. You know, you'd meet people in person, you would engage, you'd engage. You have to fly somewhere to always engage with people, ha- have meetings, really interact. Um, and then, especially when the internet came about, um, we had this. These two different worlds. You had the offline world, which is what you're doing in person. You're engaging with people, and you had this online world where maybe you're you're connecting with people around the world to really discuss ideas. Uh, Maybe it's more about establishing communities, Um, but they were really separate. You know, you you'd have your mind in one of the two. You'd either have your mind, and I'm in the physical world today. I'm 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 having lunch with my family. I'm uh, going out for coffee with a friend, and then you'd go to the digital world and say, okay, I'm having these meetings with people who. Who are are in Europe and, and, and the Asia Pacific and in a variety of areas, and it's it's amazing. Um, but two different mindsets. And what the metaverse is really trying to do is mix those together, really bridge them together to provide an environment where you have both. It's gonna lay it on top of the internet, or at least that's that's the way we see it, is it's going, it's it's you know, it's it's another layer on top of what we have today in terms of the foundation. But it could be a lot of things. It could be you know, a 3D virtual space to hang out with friends who maybe it's an old college friend or, or something that you hadn't seen forever. And, and they're not living in your current city, but you want to have more of, a, of, a, of, a, of what feels like a face-to-face engagement. Or maybe it's playing games with others. Or maybe I mentioned having, having, uh, having a meal. Maybe you're having dinner with family, but not all of your family lives in the same, the same city. So maybe some of them are virtual. And that could be like an augmented reality glasses or something. Um, or maybe, you know, collaborating with coworkers and you have a, a whiteboard that you want to write on and you really need that virtual space with VR. It could be a lot of different things, but the idea is to really mix the two together to facilitate still a strong community and helping people build communities. And it's just our mission as Meta and formerly Facebook hasn't changed. We're still about establishing communities and, and helping people connect with one another, but how we're doing it, what what we're using to get there, that's what the metaverse is, is the next step in being. And it's not just us. The metaverse is... Is across everyone, it's, it's not, even though our name is Meta, because that's what we're focusing on, it's not a Meta-owned entity. We're just trying to help drive it in the industry.
0: Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh, I have so much to unpack and say from that. So first of all, I've been a meta person for a long time. So and then even through, you know, I remember, you know, stepping off of a stage in Amsterdam in March of 2020. Uh, I think we all remember where we were in March of 2020.
1: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And
0: um, I had just finished saying, you know, if you if your teams are not Really focused on building your prowess and social media, um, and social influence and social engagement, and you're not pulling that digital transformation across your entire team. This isn't the future of what's going on. This isn't even like what's going on today. This was going on already in the past, and somebody's eating your lunch, and you are really behind. And I think that you are echoing that same thing with digital transformation with businesses and how how we're scaling and how we're using tools to really improve the insights and also you know how do we plan our strategies. So. Having said that I got off the stage and someone said the word COVID for the first time. Mm. And, you know, life has been incredibly different for a lot of people, not Mm. really that different for me to be honest. And I've had a lot of people wake up to the, Oh my gosh. I made all of these amazing, intense friends virtually. I mean, really in a way you and I were on zoom right now and we are in a metaverse. This is not, it's not really you in your room and me in my, in my (laughs) office, you know? Uh, And so if, if people can kind of grasp onto these easier ideas and realize that it's not like this black or white kind of thing, but there's these layers coming up in the metaverse and how can we become more immersed in these worlds that are more virtual? I think that's going to be even, you know, more interesting. I will say no Nobody from this podcast, if you're listening, you cannot call chip and become a BFF and ask all kinds (laughs) of technical questions or get your Instagram account fixed or, you know, or figure out something that your 13 year old needs about their Oculus, because I'm, I'm reserving all of those questions for myself. But I'm sure it's just kind of funny, like the kinds of things that people think that you do when you're at, at Meta. But I guess, you know, in coming to IIX, we're going to be really excited to see you there and hear from you and also other team members of yours that are coming. But as we say that, I wanted to just get one more question you had mentioned to me um, before when we were talking about the Oculus and about how even a lot of lines are blurring with work and play, you know? So let's finish with that. In terms of digital transformation, tell me what is going on at Meta about virtual reality and how are you using things like the Oculus in everyday work?
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a good question. So obviously at at Meta, we dog food quite a lot of our, our, uh, what we're working on. Uh, And one aspect uh, is connecting people together and it's not just for social, it's also for work engagement. And so uh, for Oculus itself, and, and I, uh, this has been rolled out uh, earlier, I believe, is more work engagements that encourage even actually a mixture of virtual uh, in terms of VR experience. And like, you can imagine a Zoom link. So you can actually have both engaged together. The nice thing that we found is uh, using something called, what we call avatars, uh, which is like our, our 3D virtual space uh, or 3D virtual characters in a, in, a, in a space is you really get to understand a person's uh, perspective and and um, their their you get a, a better connection. You get to better uh, empathize with them by seeing the gestures they're doing. Their, their hand motions in three in three D. Them pointing to a whiteboard and whatnot. So we started actually using that a little bit within Meta. Um, various teams of dog food it. Some of us use it uh, for social interaction. Some of us use it for actual meetings um, where you have this 3D space and you're really engaging. And that's just the start, right? That's, that's, that's one, one uh, app that you can run on, on, uh, on Oculus of, of many uh, that are available.
0: Okay, well, everybody leave him alone because I've got questions my 13-year-old needs answered. But uh, Chip, you need to actually make sure that you connect with Chip out on um, social media. And again, it's Chip and the last name is Cynthia uh, Bell and it's S-E-N-K-B-E-I-L. Just want to make sure that you can find him out there. But we'll see you at Green Books uh, IIX and, and it's a the best place for innovation exchange of ideas. And we're going to hear from you at the Insights Marketing Day stage. So also Chip, you're welcome back anytime on Digital Transformation Success. I know there's a lot of pieces to the, to the journey that people need to go on and I really appreciate your time. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.